Okay, and we are live here on the Fantrax YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok pages. This is round two. We had a little technical difficulty malfunction going on, but we're back. We're back live here. We do have a game going on, and I know a lot of people are focusing in on that. I typically do this stream on the weekend, but I had a good window of time, and I want to get the audio version of this out onto the P2W Fantasy platform. Uh, Titans versus Steelers live right now. If you're watching this show live, if something cool happens, like a Najee Harris drop, maybe I'll say it on the podcast here. But primarily, we are focusing on the Sunday slate of games and who has a plus matchup for this coming weekend. So stick with me if you are in the live stream here. If you want to throw some comments in the chat, do so. But uh, tell your friends. We're, we're live. We're live. Okay, so every week I write an article for Fantrax. I write two big articles for them and then do a ton of other content. But the the two articles, one's at the beginning, one's towards the end of the week, uh, this specific one is looking at every matchup for a coming week. And I like to highlight guys that I feel like can take off for both fantasy football and DFS. Uh, sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's, it's deeper, guys. Uh, I've had some really, really good hits. Of course, I'm going to have some misses as well at the end of the day. But what I look at is three different sort of categories. Number one is just player production, trends, things like that. So that's specific player. Number two, I look at the yardage allowed by the opposing defense through the air, on the ground, whatever it is specific to that position. And then number three, I look at fantasy points per game allowed. So the combination of those three things usually draws me to some conclusions about guys that I feel like could be good for fantasy football and DFS for this coming week. So I got a bunch of guys to talk about, so I'm going to fly through them here live on the Fantrax stream here. Starting off with Tua Tungavailoa. So he is facing the Chiefs. That's the morning game on Sunday. Not necessarily a plus matchup by any means, but when you're facing Patrick Mahomes, who is currently third in passing attempts, it should mean more through the air, right? It just makes sense. It's also encouraging, though, to see Russell Wilson throw three passing touchdowns last week against the Chiefs in the Broncos' upset win. Tua is the quarterback five overall for fantasy football this season. Three weeks is a top three quarterback, averaging 20 fantasy points per game. He's also had three weeks of three passing touchdowns and a week of four passing touchdowns. So obviously upside through throwing touchdowns. Tyree Kill has been on absolute fire. We all know this. This season, Jalen Waddell just had his best game of the year, hoping that he trends forward. We know that both of those guys are monsters after the catch, and they, they provide a, a safe floor in, in a higher ceiling for Tua in, in a pass-heavy game script on Sunday morning. I like him this week. Same game, let's talk about the rookie, Raji Rice. So the Dolphins allow the 10th most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season. And as previously mentioned, I'm, I'm thinking this game is going to be through the air, which would be a plus for Raji Rice, who has been targeted five or more times, six times this season, which is very significant, uh, significant because when we're talking about targets, they're not the same team to team. We are talking about targets from Patrick Mahomes. It was a down week eight for Rice, but it was also a down week eight for Kansas City in general. But in week seven, he scored his third touchdown of the season. He finished with 60 yards and scored a season high 17 fantasy points. The week prior, Rice finished with 72 receiving yards. 
again, down week eight. But what is significant is the fact that Rice in week eight played a season high 61% of the snaps. You know, he, he was getting the targets, the production was going up. And the big concern for me, at least, was that he wasn't on the field to the degree that we wanted him to. So it's very encouraging now to see in week eight that he, he was on the field for uh, 61% of the snaps. So again, pass heavy script, decent matchup. Raji Rice being the number one target for the wide receiver position uh, on Kansas City. I, I like him to be a good flex play in this uh, this coming week. So let's talk the uh, the Falcons here. Vikings versus Falcons. Uh, the Vikings allow the sixth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season. Drake London has not been the most consistent fantasy scorer this year, but he does rank 16th in total targets. If we look at weeks two through eight, I'm just scratching that week one. That seemed to be an asterisk for him. Uh, London finished week two as the wide receiver 21. Week five is the wide receiver 19. Week six is the wide receiver six. The Falcons have... Not they they've uh, been a little they've been a little unpredictable this season. Obviously, a lot of people talk about Arthur Smith and in, in, in the uh, the game planning. But the one thing I do like about the change that happened was Tyler or, or Taylor Heineke is now the the starting quarterback in place for Desmond Ritter. I feel that's a major plus for Drake London. Heineke has thrown for two seventy plus passing yards five times across the twenty twenty two and twenty twenty one seasons, and he's finished ten games with multiple passing touchdowns during this span. So we've seen a lot of good days out of Taylor Heineke, and I think that it's an upgrade in this offense, specifically for guys like Drake London and Kyle Pitts, who you know we want to have more of a consistent quarterback behind center there. So Vikings, it's a good matchup. Drake London gets a quarterback upgrade. I like him to be a bit more trusted this week than previously in your lineups. Let's talk about Daryl Henderson versus the Packers. So the Packers allow the sixth most fantasy points per game to running backs and the seventh most rushing yards per game this season. In week seven, Daryl Henderson, it was his first game back in action, signing back with the Rams, who he's had history with. He finishes the running back 17, and then he finishes the running back 19 the, the very next week. So back-to-back -back weeks being a top 20 running back play. 18 attempts for 61 yards and a touchdown week seven, and then three receptions for 54 yards in week eight. Highlight both the ground and the air for Daryl Henderson. Royce Freeman is also playing a significant role and even played a higher snap percentage than Henderson in week eight. But Henderson is the touch leader with Kyron Williams out of the mix. We also have Matthew Stafford, who is suffering a UCL sprain in his thumb. We're not sure what's up with that or what what uh, the clear you know timeline for him to be back into action is. So when we're looking at the Packers, a very plus matchup on the ground, potentially a backup quarterback in this one. I like Daryl Henderson in your lineups, especially seeing he's been a top 20 play the last two weeks. I want to mention Luke Musgrave because I feel like any day could be the day that this guy has a big game. <clears throat> the Rams allow the fifth most fantasy points per game to tight ends this season. Musgrave is a player we will have to monitor because he's been dealing with an ankle issue, but uh, he did suffer that in week seven and he played through it in week eight. So it could be, the same sort of narrative here. And he played 72% of the snaps in that last game. Musgrave has had games of eight and seven targets this season, along with games of 49 and 50 receiving yards. So decent flashes so far. When healthy, I feel like Musgrave has a significant role and he's played a quality snap percentage pretty much every game that he's been healthy this season. He looks well connected with Jordan Love. So I think 
the good week is coming. If he's healthy, it's a pretty good matchup here. And he does have, again, that connection with Jordan Love. <clears throat> It'd be a crime if I didn't talk about my guy, Jahan Dotson, having a big week, week eight. Uh, the Patriots allow the 12th most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season. Jahan Dotson is a player trending in the right direction the last two weeks. In week seven, Dotson's five receptions on eight targets for 43 receiving yards kind of foreshadowed this big week eight. Dotson caught eight of his 10 targets for 108 receiving yards and scored a touchdown for 24.8 fantasy points last week, putting fantasy managers, I think, on notice, saying, hey, I'm not dead yet. Dotson has been disappointing this season after scoring 16-plus fantasy points five times as a rookie, and he missed time last year. 18 targets across the last two games in a major productive week for fantasy football, I think makes Dotson a flex option in Week 9 in a plus matchup. So I want to mention JSN, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. The Ravens are not a plus matchup for wide receivers, but this is another guy we should take note of rest of the season. This is another guy who I feel like is trending in the right direction. His role has shifted following the Seahawks' week five bye. Prior to the bye, JSN played under 60% of the snaps in all four weeks, but following the bye week, he has played 72%, 63%, and 66% of the snaps. So he's on the field a lot more after the bye. Back-to-back games with a touchdown and 16.3 fantasy points in week seven. Tyler Lockett's dealing with the hamstring issue right now. Chance he doesn't play or is not at 100%. I like him as a second half of the year flex player. We see so often these rookie uh, wide receivers take some time to develop um, and, and take some time to take off. And he could be that guy. We've seen a lot of these guys look at the Amon Ross St. Browns of the worlds that didn't, you know, necessarily light it up. Someone just scored a touchdown in this game. I think it's George Pickens. Maybe he's out of bounds. I don't know. We'll have to look at that. But he's a, a true candidate to be a second half of the year uh, wide receiver breakout. We'll talk about another rookie in the same matchup. And I feel like I talk about him all the time. And, and sometimes I've, I've missed on him. But Zay Flowers, uh, and the reason I, I mentioned him so many times, I'm, I'm simply a fan of the flashes we've seen. I'm a, a fan of the role that he has in one of the best offenses in the NFL. I'm a fan of his skill set. So, you know, if I mention him almost every week, it's typically because he might have a pretty decent matchup. And again, I like those things about him, but, but flowers still leads the Ravens in total targets with 16 more than Mark Andrews who did miss a game, but I don't think he was going to get 16 targets to make up for that difference. So he, he has been the most target player in this Ravens offense. Three games of 70-plus receiving yards, three games over 15 yards per catch, three double-digit targeted weeks, and two weeks scoring 17-ish fantasy points are all good signs that could combine in a solid matchup against the Seahawks. The Seahawks allow the eighth-most fantasy points per game to wide receivers and the 11th-most passing yards per game. So good matchup for the rookie. <clears throat> Next on the list, we have Rashad White. So Rashad White faces the Texans. They allow the 13th most fantasy points per game to running backs this season. Rashad White is coming off of a back-to-back -back games, uh, finishing as a top 12 fantasy football running back with scores of 15.9 and 17.9 points. A major push for this success in these last two games has been the high receiving volume in production. Caught six passes for 65 yards in week seven, seven passes for 70 receiving yards in week eight. 
He's also coming off of a season high 82% of the snaps played. He has yet to play under 70% of the snaps. So checks the boxes here. Rashad White, pass catching running back with no backfield competition. Solid PPR <clears throat> scoring the last two weeks. Plus matchup against the Texans. I like Rashad White this week. Been sick for like two weeks. So I'm like <clears throat> still coughing up some stuff here. But <clears throat> we still grind. We still grind. Next on the list, I want to mention CJ Stroud, who's going to <clears throat> who's going to be my quarterback start of the week, most likely. So CJ Stroud faces the Buccaneers, who allowed the 10th most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks and the fifth most passing yards per game this season. CJ Stroud is coming off of his worst fantasy football finish for the position at quarterback 23 in week eight. But we've seen plenty of good things out of the rookie this season. Three weeks as a top 12 fantasy quarterback, two games over 300 passing yards, and four games of multiple passing touchdowns. Stride also has had two weeks throwing 44 and 47 passing attempts to open up the season. That shows that Houston is allowing him to sling the ball. The weapons of Nico Collins and Tank Dell and Dalton Schultz have all stepped up big for Stroud this season. I like him to have a bounce back week and a potential top 12 fantasy finish in week nine. All right. And we got Trey McBride. Trey McBride next. So Trey McBride, I, I just want to talk about just a little bit here because, um, and again, this is another guy where the matchup's not great, so I'm not boosting the matchup, but when guys are trending in the right direction, I think you have to note them for fantasy football. So the snap percentage and the targets were climbing weeks five and six. Zach Ertz hit the IR, and then McBride just exploded in week eight. Ten receptions on 14 targets for 95 yards and a touchdown, 25.5 fantasy points. That was huge for a coming out party for Trey McBride last week, and he was my stream of the week on my Fantrax video, and he ended up exploding. So that was a, a major W uh, as far as content goes. I loved McBride as a prospect. Uh, super, super heavy pass-catching profile as a second-round selection out of uh, Colorado State. Should McBride, re uh, McBride retain his current role, I think he has top 12 upside rest of season. He, he's, he's a guy that can handle the passing volume. He's a guy that I think has upside in the receiving yard and touchdown scoring department. And I think he's going to be very important to this, this uh, Arizona offense rest of season that is, is going to get Kyler Murray back at some point. It's, it's looking like it's trending more and more um, towards his return. We're not sure when that's exactly going to be, but I, I, I do like Trey McBride. Rest of season is, is an option that's going to be, again, important to his offense and highly targeted. All right, so we got Kareem Hunt next, another guy plus matchup who's been trending up. So the Cardinals allow the third most fantasy points for getting to running backs this season. Following the bye, Kareem Hunt has scored 16.1, 15.1, and 13.7 fantasy points, which has been the running back 12, running back 14, and running back 16 for fantasy football in, in that stretch of games. The production has been guided by touchdown scoring, four total, and at least one in each of those three games. But again, a guy that's been stepping up or fantasy lineups, especially for those teams that really need a running back. Jerome Ford has been banged up with an ankle issue that continues to limit him. Hunt has had a three-game streak of useful, useful uh, production here, and if you're needing to plug and play a running back, I like him against the Cardinals. Again, allow the third most fantasy points for game to running backs this season. 
Another guy trending in the right direction, and, and he's going to be in your lineups no matter what anyways, but Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor faces the Panthers, who allow the second-most fantasy points per game to running backs and the fourth-most rushing yards per game this season. Taylor returned to football in Week 5, and he started off the first two games playing behind Zach Moss in snap percentage. The last two games, Taylor has played 50%, though, and 61% of the snaps. Still with Moss playing, but he's trending back into the role that we expect Jonathan Taylor to be in. Week six, Taylor caught five passes for 46 yards and finished with 45 receiving yards as well in week seven. On the ground in week seven, we saw Taylor, the, the Jonathan Taylor that we actually know, uh, rushing 18 times for 75 yards and a touchdown, 21 fantasy points. Down week eight in fantasy scoring, but Taylor did rush 12 times for 95 yards. That's 7.92 yards per uh, carry. Great matchup, great opportunity for Taylor to, again, score 20-plus fantasy points in this coming week. Let's talk Adam Thielen. Let's talk Adam Thielen. So Adam Thielen plays the Colts, who are a middle-of-the-table sort of matchup against wide receivers. But Adam Thielen has to be mentioned just because he's been amazing this season. Thielen is averaging 10 targets, 8.1 receptions, 83 receiving yards, and 20.2 fantasy points per game on the year. Thielen is also 12th in yards after the catch, after ranking 39th or worse the prior four seasons. Thielen is... 33 years old, and he's looking like fine wine uh, right now. None of us expected him to be the seventh best wide receiver in fantasy points per game through eight weeks, but here we are, and we have consistent volume and consistent production, very well connected with rookie Bryce Young. And I think that at the end of the day, the Carolina Panthers are just utilizing him in the best way possible. So Saquon Barkley faces the Raiders, who allow the fourth-most fantasy points per game to running backs and the third-most rushing yards per game this season. Since returning from injury in Week 6, Saquon Barkley has looked more and lo uh, more like the Saquon that we know. 93 rushing yards in Week 6, 77 rushing yards paired with 41 receiving yards and a touchdown in Week 7, and then 128 rushing yards in Week 8. 28, 24, and a massive 41 touches the last three weeks is the volume you have to love for the running back position in a league that's full of committees. Monitor his ankle issue, but again, this is a guy that's really, really getting the work that we love for running backs, and he's looking more like the, the Barkley that we drafted at the beginning of the year. Same matchup, got to talk about Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, the Giants allowed the ninth most fantasy points per game to running backs and the ninth most rushing yards per game this season. We have rookie Aiden O'Connell under center this week. So, in a plus matchup on the ground, we also have to talk about his connection with O'Connell back in week four. In week four, he had season highs in targets with 11, receptions with eight, and receiving yards with 81 with Aiden O'Connell. So it's a plus matchup, <clears throat> again, on the ground. But also, Aiden O'Connell was highly utilizing Josh Jacobs through the air. So both of those factors makes Josh Jacobs a potential smash play this coming week. <clears throat> CD Lamb, CD Lamb. So <clears throat> CD Lamb faces the Eagles, who allow the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers and the seventh most passing yards per game this season. <clears throat> and, you, and you'll say, you'll say too, with the Eagles that they traded for Kevin Byard, and they've had <clears throat> they've had some defensive injuries, but at the end of the day, they they still allow those things to wide receivers. They still allow those points per game. They still allow, allow those passing yards per game. So CeeDee Lamb was off to a poor start versus what our, our expectations were. 
but he's been trending up the last two games, played along with his quarterback, Dak Prescott, who's also been trending in the right direction and looking great. Week six, Lamb caught all seven targets for 117 receiving yards and scored 18.7 fantasy points as the wide receiver 11 that week. Week seven was the bye, and then CeeDee Lamb exploded in week eight. 12 catches on 14 targets for 158 receiving yards, two touchdowns, 41 fantasy points. That was huge as the wide receiver won of fantasy football in that week. So we got Dak playing well. We have the Cowboys going to have to keep up with the stellar Eagles offense. So look for Lamb to stay hot in this coming matchup. Same game, Dallas Goddard. The Cowboys allow the 13th most fantasy points per game to tight ends this season and rank 22 to running backs and 31 wide receivers. So it, it's, a, it's a decent matchup for tight ends. It's not a good matchup for the running back or the wide receiver position. So if we're playing the matchup game, it's Dallas Goddard. So across the last four weeks, Goddard has had fantasy finishes as a tight end two and a tight end five during that span. Those two specific games in week five and seven, Goddard finished with 117 and 77 receiving yards with a touchdown in each of those games, which shows the upside that he can bring. This should be a fun matchup, and I think Jalen Hurts might lean on his tight end in this specific game. We've got two more guys, and this is for the Sunday night football game. It's going to be a fun one, the Bills versus the Bengals. Dalton Kincaid. So the Bengals allow the most fantasy points per game to tight ends this season. 2023 first-round selection, Dalton Kincaid, has been great the last two games. He's finished as the tight end seven and the tight end eight in those games. Kincaid caught all eight targets in week seven for 75 receiving yards and scored 15.5 fantasy points in week seven. Then in week eight, Kincaid caught five of his seven targets for 65 yards and a touchdown for 17.5 fantasy points. Dawson Knox being out of the mix and on the IR does help, but give the rookie credit for simply producing and growing in his role. He played 84% of the snaps last week and should continue to be a big piece of this Buffalo Bills offense. And then Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, the Bills allow the 12th most fantasy points per game to running backs and the 11th most rushing yards per game this season. Following the week seven bye, Joe Mixon had his best week of the season, rushing 16 times for 87 yards and a touchdown and catching three passes for 20 fantasy points. Mixon has been fairly disappointing this season, but the Bengals offense has struggled for much of the year before looking fresh following the bye. Mixon is without... Um, much competition in, in the uh, the backfield there. He's played 70% plus of the snaps in every game outside of week one. You have to monitor this like chest injury going on, but <clears throat> again, trending in the right direction. Like Joe Mixon this week in this matchup, should he be healthy? So that'll do it for the, uh, the YouTube and the Twitter pages. Again, uh, we're looking at matchups, you can catch us on the audio at the P2W Fantasy Pro Podcast. And I am going to continue live here on TikTok for a couple minutes, but thank you guys for tuning in.